Welcome to podcast number 273 of Treks in Sci-Fi. Treks in Sci-Fi. What is all this about? I don't care what you believe. Identify yourself. With Rico Dosti. There's no greater challenge than the study of philosophy. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? Dr. Beverly Crusher. I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. You will respond to my questions. Sit down, shut up, and wait. No, no, no. Your weekly dose of geeky goodness and entertainment news. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? I'm sorry, I can't tell you that yet. Why not? I'm going to make this simple for you, Mr. Crusher. Either you come forward and tell Admiral Brand what really took place, or I will. Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly sci-fi podcast. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. I understand that. Yes, you should. Goodbye. Treks in Sci-Fi. Well, Rico is uh, celebrating the Easter weekend with his family. I'm Rick Moyer, and uh, joining me for just a quick little moment here at the beginning of the podcast of Treks and Sci-Fi is my wife, Amy. Hi there. How's it going? It's going pretty good. We are just really excited about uh, hosting this uh, episode. It's always nice when you can talk about Star Trek, something I really enjoy. My wife, you don't enjoy it as much as I do. Uh, maybe not, but I know way too much about Star Trek. You do. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we actually have six members of the family. Actually, seven now. Seven? Sure, because I've added Jean-Luc Picard at, to our <laughs> <Okay>. family. <laughs> I, I bought a, a, a cardboard cutout of, of uh, Captain Picard, and he lives in my living room now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that our daughter-in-law is a, a big Trekkie, though. No, no, our new daughter-in-law is not. Uh, it's been a while since we actually hosted a Treks and Sci-Fi special. I think the last one I did was with Richard Pete, and we did the Bionic special. You know, I was thinking about this tonight, and the very first podcast that I ever did... November 2008. No, not November. No, it was May, I think, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, 2007? Well, Eight? we, you know, we could look back in the um, podcast... Um, and find out. Yeah, to see, but it was a Mother's Day special, and I talked about the different episodes of Star Trek... That had mothers in it. That's right. Amy, yeah. you, you were really, really good at that. But, you know, I wanted to, uh, very quickly, we're going to uh, get, be getting into the, uh, the, the show in just a moment. And it's called Coming of Age. It's a Next Generation episode of Star Trek. And uh, you do know that my favorite series in Star Trek is Next Generation, right? Yes, I, I know that very well. And why do you know that? Because you watch one, or at least part of one, almost every night. It's true. We have a dish network in our home. We have HD dish in the living room. And then we have just a regular dish in the the bedroom with a DVR unit, Mm -hmm. digital video recorder. And what is mostly on the digital video recorder? It's mostly Star Trek Next Generation with a few other Star Trek um, thrown in. And what do I do every night when you start okay. a new episode with okay. my eyes closed, okay. by this, the way? This ticks me off because I, yes. don't, you know, I don't understand. I mean, I like watching it just for the entertainment value. I'll play a little Yahtzee on my eye thingy while I'm dozing off, you know, and, 
and watch Next Generation, you know, because it, I just I have the DVR filled with it. So I'll start the episode. And you remember that old show? If you're if you're Name a little bit young, tune. yeah, if you're a little younger, you probably yeah. don't remember this. But but there used to be a show, a game show called Name That Tune. And what they would do is they'd have contestants come up and they play the first like five notes of the song and then say Name That Tune. And then if they were really good contestants, they could name the song within you know one two notes. Well, I do name she does that plot. Name that TNG plot. Yes. And I am just, you know, it just doesn't. It, it's like, I understand that I've watched each episode many, 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 many times. Many, many, many times. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what good does it do for you to do this? This is what she does. Like, okay, uh, let me think. My of eyes are closed on my pillow. Okay. Mind you. All right. And I hear. Okay, let me think this. Ready? Okay. Let's say this. the, the show starts. And Jordy's in a shuttlecraft, and he's playing trivia with the computer. Then I know he's going to be kidnapped by the Romulans and made to try to kill people, turned into an assassin. <sighs> this is what she does to me every night. Yes, but then the first few minutes, of, with my eyes closed. Let's try another one. Just listening. Let's try another one. Um, um, <laughs> what if see. I don't get one right? I'll y- be You always get them right. Let me, th- let me think of one. Okay, the, the scene starts, and... Um, uh, 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 what do you call him? Um, uh, Admiral is on the screen in in Picard's office in his ready room, and she says somebody of high importance has defected uh, to Romulus, and we need you to check it out. Which episode is that? Oh, um, <laughs> gotcha. It, it's the gotcha. one. It's the one where the is it the one where there was actually a spy. And um, she tries to get data in on things, and, and she was really Romulan. Was it that one, or was it a different one? I don't even know what you're There's several is. ones with Ro- Romulans. No, so. no. It was the one where Spock is on Romulus. Oh, and he ta- he goes and talks to Spock and talks about cowboy diplomacy. And, ah, there you go. Okay. And, the, <laughs> and, and Picard had already mind-melted with his father. And melted, melded, melded. melded. You don't melt it. With I'm your mind. sorry. You meld. meld. He and mine melded with with Spock's okay, father. Let, let me try one more. Let me think of one that I could think of that you might. Um, um, oh, okay. Here's a good one. Okay, the the show starts out and an emergency um, communique comes through to Picard's bedroom and he answers it and it's an old, old, old friend of his that wants to meet in a mine shaft. To talk to him about something of great importance, but he can't say it over subspace. Oh, that's the creepy one where they have the little alien thingies on their neck. See, I told you. Uh, and what's the plot? What happens? Well, you know the guy I don't like that was in this episode that you're going to review? Remick. Remick. Yeah. I think he has this mother alien, and then they it blows up at the end and yeah. stuff yeah yeah, it's, yeah it's a creepy that's, that's probably called conspiracy that's probably one of my least, well, least favorite. Yeah, you hate that one. i hate that i, I do know that i do know that one it's like ugh. Uh, yeah anyway we could go on and on and on yeah just you know <coughs> it, just give me about you know i don't you could probably fool me pretty i it's not like i get them Every night, no, right? Every no. night, but pretty you do. much, you yeah. Get I guess I do. And so she spoils but it. I, I don't remember the names. You know all the names. I mean, I I know a couple of the names. Like what was it, Inner Light or something? The Four Lights one. There are four no. lights. That's oh, not that's a name not of it. Inner Light. Inner no. Light's the one where Captain Picard gets put on that planet that actually 
wasn't there anymore. Right, yeah. it was a whole lifetime. He I'm plays sorry. The flute, see, yeah, it doesn't even actually play. I know the plots, but yeah, I don't have all the titles memorized. That part's just trivial. To well, me. I, I guess I should say publicly on this podcast on Treks and Sci-Fi that um, thank you for putting up with all my Star Trek addiction. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rick, and I'm a Trekkie. <laughs> Hello, are, Rick. Hello, Rick. Live long and prosper, Rick. You are a Trekkie addict. Okay, so anyway, yes. one last thing we want to say before I get into reviewing the episode Coming of Age uh, was that we wanted to thank you, Rico, because you really got us started uh, doing a podcast together. Yeah, and actually, I think Treks and Sci-Fi was the first podcast I really listened to because we would go yeah. on three-mile walks together Yeah, and, and we would share use the a iPod. splitter because I didn't have an iPod yet. At that time. You do now. Everybody has one now. But at the time, you were the only one in the family that yeah. had an iPod. It's so true. It's we'd very, have very a little true. splitter or yeah. we would only listen to one earphone. <laughs> we did that too a few times. But anyway, yes, we yes. listen to your podcast and we go on our Sunday afternoon walks. And you kind of heard what kind of how podcast worked. And then when yeah. I resigned from my uh, full time job, we started doing podcasting. Well, I did it by myself for a while. You'd come on the on the on the show every once in a while on our podcast called "Take Him With You." Mm-hmm. And of course, you all. The other thing that I, I need to say is um, I want to thank you for putting up with all the crazy songs that I do for Rico. Um, okay. I, you know, I think in heaven, I'm going to have to get a special reward for that one. <laughs> you, could, you know what I could do right now? What would be heaven for you? I'll make you a CD of all my parody songs and you can listen to them in your iPod. Um, that's okay, honey. <laughs> well, anyway, back some, to- actually some of them I do like, it's yeah. just, I'm not as big of a rocker as you are. So I like yeah. some of like, you have a big band one that I really like. Oh, and- you, but they haven't heard that yet. They haven't heard that one yet? What, the I big band you, song that I just did? I thought you did one a, a while back that had kind of a, a big band Oh, song. I guess I did now that yeah. I think about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, some yeah. of them I really like, yeah. but I like, you know, soft rock and pop, but yeah, well, some actually, of those are kind of rock. You're a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, it is. Okay. So anyway, uh, anything you want to say to everybody before uh, you guys could listen to our podcast? Amy is on it every week now. She started at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. now her and I talk all the time together. You know, one thing I like to say is thank, thanks for all the friends that Rick has made on the Sci-Fi Forum. And Treks and Sci-Fi Forum. Yeah, yeah, that thingy. It's very fun. Um, It's been fun, and um, I'm not on the forum much, but... um. I've enjoyed getting to know some of the people that Skyped with Rick. And, yeah. and we've had um, one of the guys come up and spend some vacation time with us. Yeah, and, and I we think we're going to have a few more. more come this summer, so that'll be really fun. Yeah, so it's kind of been neat to get to know people from all over the world. Yeah, it's a great community. Okay, yeah. well, uh, anything you want to say other than that? I think that's pretty good. Okay, do you want to tell me how much you love Star Trek? Um, I enjoy watching Star Trek shows for the first time the matter of fact that we went to see the imax version with our whole family and a bunch of friends the movie the new movie the new movie this summer and it was fantastic and it was the first blu-ray we've bought we We only own two we only own two but the first one we got was um star trek star trek and then we got gi joe i i do enjoy i do enjoy um star trek um especially the first time i've seen them um, beyond that, you know, I memorize the plot and then I only have to think about it for 10 seconds and I go to sleep. But, you know, 
To each his own. <sighs> what I have to put up with. At least you let me play it. That's good. <laughs> As I snore. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Okay. Well, without any further ado, engage. If you like a good science fiction story, then you'll like The Martians Are Here podcast by Australian author Stefan Sonnen. The Martians Are Here podcast is a science fiction serial around 15 minutes per podcast episode set in the not-too-distant future. It's a story about two alien species from very different origins who bring their ongoing war to Earth with disastrous consequences for humanity. told through the eyes of five people who must piece together what's going on in order to survive. This is what happens when biology, technology, and adaptability collide. The Martians Are Here podcast on iTunes and on themartiansarehere.com. And now, this week's review of a Star Trek episode on Trek Skin Sci-Fi. Let's get started with uh, the episode "Coming of Age," which is number episode number nineteen in the Next Generation. Here we go. Start off with a great cheesy Star Trek music. Jake, Jake, wait a second. How you doing? I'm fine. Wesley's talking to a, another young man that we've never ever seen before or ever see Jake, again, named Jake. Acting Ensign Crusher, report to transporter room eight. Ah, uh, Mom, I don't want to go back. It's not your fault. Oh. Yeah, I know. Apparently, here, um, I wish both of us were Jake going. tried out to 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 take the entrance exam at Starfleet Academy or for Starfleet Academy, and he didn't make it. So he's disappointed. He thinks he's disappointed the ship. Even though, like I say, we don't even know who he is, but that's okay. Wesley, hey, Wes. he's going to go do and do a great job, right? Do well for both of us, okay? All right. Because remember, Wesley, I always get an A. Well, maybe, maybe not, huh? Captain's log, stardate 41416.2. We're orbiting Relva 7. Relv- good old Relva 7. Is about to be tested for entrance into Starfleet Academy. And to my great surprise, I have just learned that my old friend Admiral Gregory Quinn is on Relva 7. What a coincidence. It's and Of course, it's for the B story. So off goes Wesley down to try out for Starfleet Academy. And in comes two gentlemen, Commander Remick and Admiral, Admiral. Quinn. Captain John Luke Picard, Lieutenant Commander Dexter Remick, sir. Allow me to introduce my staff. First Officer William Riker, Chief Medical Officer Beverly Crusher, Chief of Security... Ward Costello plays the Admiral. Great job he does. Well, what can we do for you? I need to speak with you. And the man you all love to hate. You hate him, you hate him, you hate him. You know you do. Commander Remick. Is this a personal matter? Played by Robert 
Shenkan? Something like that. And now they go through this big thing where the Admiral wants to talk to Captain Picard alone without the first officer. And they really play it up on this one big time about that. Okay, so this is, again, number 19 in the first se- the first season of Star Trek Next Generation. Now, I know a lot of people, they really get upset over the first season because they say it's cheesy and campy. And let me just say that I think... Space. I think it, I like the first season. Now, let me tell you why. It was it was less of a story arc, even though we enjoyed that when when they started doing story arcs within the within the series of Star Trek. It was really good, but it, it reminded me more of the old series or the original series of Star Trek because each one of the uh, programs was kind of self contained and it really didn't rely on the other ones. The character development, you know, you could see that going on. You know, it was real rough at first the first season but i just really liked all the different types of stories they were telling and uh, they didn't have i mean they weren't real cohesive and sometimes the characters really didn't act like that later on but they were just kind of getting their legs about them you know and and really getting going on it so i really liked it and i don't know i just thought it was really cool i i like the first season have it on dvd it's the only season that i have on dvd of the, the next generation probably because it costs so much to buy them but I really like uh, the first season. A lot of really good ones in there. Um, gosh, some of some of my favorites, and I don't know why. I know a lot of people just don't like it, but I, I really, really do. Uh, this one was directed by uh, Michael Viger and written by Sandy Fries. Apparently, he went out to McDonald's and went to the beach. <laughs> okay, here we go. We'll get back into the episode now. Coming of age. They look awful serious here. The Admiral is going to go talk with Picard in his ready room. He's got Remick with him as well. Commander Remick is with the Inspector General's office. Oh. He'll be conducting a full investigation of the Enterprise. Uh Uh-oh. What are you looking for? I have reason to believe that there may be something very wrong on this ship. Tell me what you suspect. It's inappropriate to discuss it at this time. Mr. Remick, Starfleet is counting on you. You will find out what is wrong on this ship. Picard is in big trouble now. Nothing and no one will stand in my way. But as we know, we know that Picard is just an upstanding captain and would never do anything wrong. Yes, sir. Mr. Remick, unless there are any further questions. No questions, sir. Get on with your duties. Yes, sir. Remick looks rather determined. You already don't like him. They picked a great guy to play him. We've known one another for years. Tell me what you believe is wrong. Captain, it is vitally important that my orders be followed exactly. I'll be staying on the ship. Hate that feeling when somebody's investigating you. They're going to find out what's wrong. Great matte painting shot here of Relva 7's um, outpost. And here's Wesley in the in the testing room. He's playing with it? a gizmo. What? The unit you just put down. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. And of course, here we have the eighties flash dance takeoff lady. Young young lady that is uh, introducing herself to yeah. Wesley. Do you know me? And uh, they are of course Wesley's all embarrassed and flushed because, you know, he likes girls. 
But there's a lot more to it than just that. You're lucky. You've had practical experience aboard the Enterprise. Oleana. Here comes a Vulcan, young lady. Tashanika Vulcanarekar. And of course, she observes how young he is. Do not look as if you meet the age requirements. And I'll be 16 him. next month. Well, happy birthday. Excuse me. And then Wesley, of course, being the, the very nice man that he is, a young I'm man, Wesley he Christian. goes and introduces himself to Mordok, the Benzite. Mordok? The Mordok? The Benzite who constructed the Mordok strategy? Oh my gosh. The one that constructed the Mordok strategy? No. Only a hopeful like you. I love what they do here with that little breathing apparatus where it puts the little atmosphere out so that Mordok can breathe the air. Then comes in um, Chang. Chang here is the instructor for them, or the guy that's... Lieutenant Chang is overseeing them. Officer Chang. Welcome. You are here because you are all top candidates. Right. Although only one student will be chosen for the academy, Sorry, you have Jake. shown from the preliminary testing that any of you could easily qualify. Now, this may be the most difficult, exhausting experience of your life and the most exciting challenge. Lieutenant Chang is played by Expect a guy by the name of Robert Ito. And I love how they have... Um, their workstations look a lot like 80s video game consoles where you would go into the arcade and they have them all set up that way and that's how they are doing their tests like you're taking your driver's test. Now we're back on the Enterprise and Remick is looking over the shoulders of all the uh, workers on the bridge. Data and Jordy and Tasha doesn't really do much in this episode. She just sits in the background mostly. Or stands. Now Remick's doing his little thing. And, of course, Geordi can't uh, resist. Nothing much to see here, Commander. We're in a standard orbit, and uh, the station has to be manned, even if it's just routine. Something I could help you with, Mr. Remick? Go for it, Riker. When I'm ready, Mr. Riker, I'll want to speak with you. Ooh. Privately. Ooh. Grr. Commander. Just having that guy around makes me feel guilty. What's he after anyway? Yeah, what have you done, Jordy, to feel guilty about? about right now. I know what you've been doing with your visor. This is an interesting Captain, scene here. This is we don't see this a whole lot. As first officer, I should be. Riker comes into Picard's ready room and he gives him the riot act and wants to know what's going on. And Picard is like, you know, I can't tell you what's going on. Even if I could, I couldn't, you know, or even if I knew, I don't know what's going on. Even if I did know what was going on, I couldn't tell you. And I thought that was interesting because the first officer usually knows everything that's going on. But Riker's rather rude to Picard on this one. And if you did? It's because he doesn't have his beard yet. Meds and I were talking, and Meds said that uh, he didn't like any next generation until Riker got the beard. Same with uh, Deep Space Nine when uh, Cisco got the beard. Sir. And they became all of a sudden the shows became better. So Riker throws a little fit and walks out, and now Remick's going to talk to him. Later. You are ordered to cooperate now, but it doesn't interfere with my duties, Remick. Oh, now the whole bridge—great shot here. The director did a great job. They have Remick kind of upset that he couldn't talk to Riker, with the entire bridge crew looking over his shoulder and all going, "Ooh, another good matte painting." Oh, here we go. They're on the hyperspace physics test. On a galaxy-class starship, are nine tenths depleted. 
calculate the intermix ratio necessary to reach a star base 100 light years away at warp factor 8. All right, now, uh, Wesley immediately puts in 1 to 1, and as does Mordok, as does the Vulcan lady, but it looks like Aliana or Eliana or whatever her name is does not get the answer correct. Now, she's supposed to be some of the brightest. These are the brightest kids now that are entering Starfleet Academy. Now, this is really interesting. This was a little bit I must admit, Wesley, you have a very fast mind. Once I realized it was a trick question, there was only one answer. Yes. There is only one ratio with matter-antimatter. Of course there is. One one to one. one. You both don't know how lucky you are. Okay, so she must get it wrong. What What in the world is, if she's one of the smartest people that could enter into this thing to get into Starfleet Academy, don't let her in charge of a starship. She'd blow you up. I have to study all the time. I like this part, too. It's a good thing you're cute, Wesley, or you could really be obnoxious. Oh, that just blows Wesley away. He's like, oh, man. Score. Did you hear what she said, Mordok? She said I was cute. Is that good, Wesley? Yes. I think. What do you mean you think? It wasn't that Mordok's cute. He looks like a large iguana or something. I, I don't know. That you know, has this vapor coming out of his chest. No need number one. Okay, we're back on the, the bridge again. Are you available now? Now, here we go. Here we go. We're going to do some inquiry now. Remick is going to interview the cast, or the cast. <laughs> I meant the crew. Any problem with using your ready room, Captain? No, Mr. Remick. And I would, have had a, I would have had a webcam set up in the ready room just to listen to what was going on, if I was Picard. But I'm not. So I won't make it so. So there goes Riker into the ready room, and now Remick is going to give him the third degree. If you prefer to stand, fine, Mr. Riker. It won't have an effect on the length of my inquiry. <clears throat> I think they really did a now a good job at making everybody feel really tense or look feel like they were feeling tense. Law. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've had to be interviewed about your boss or your superior, but it's no fun. Yes. And Riker's just now finding out that this whole inquiry is about Picard. Um, they're trying to get to the bottom of, is Picard um, who he says he is, and is there a threat going on on the Enterprise? If you want to discuss anything about Captain Picard, you bring him in here and you ask him face to face. You are required to answer my questions, Mr. Riker, unless you're trying to cover something up. Ooh, cue the crazy music. Is there a conspiracy on board? Which, by the way, is the sister episode to this one. Um, there are several second to the last episode of the first season is called Conspiracy, and we get to see Shall we, go over the we get to see Remick and Quinn come back, and that's one of the most um, crazy episodes, which we thought was going to last into this big arc into the future, but it never really did, never panned out. But uh, it's where we get to see that meat puppet of Remick when they shoot him with the with the phasers. 
and uh, and he blows up and and meat flies all over the place. Very strange. Or they eat the maggots. That's that episode. These these are sister episodes. So this one's setting it up for that. Now Remick is talking to Jordy in engineering. Not exactly, sir. One way or the other, LaForge, Picard lost control of this ship. Is that true? Well, yes, but that's not how it happened. So, the answer is yes. Putting words in his mouth again. Do you again. believe the captain is emotionally and psychologically fit for command of this starship? There's nothing in his history or personality. Now he's in the ready room again, or or the conference lapses. room. Nothing. And he's talking to Diana. This was a really brilliant a set of uh, of directing here. I just really like what the director did because they he's got each one of the cast members coming in, and each character is is being interviewed. I would call that. But you don't know. Um, I mean, he does this series of interview now, and it's it's just it's fascinating the way they did it. Well, that's coming up now. We, now we flip to the really cool part where um, Wesley is in the holodeck. He's back on the Enterprise. Don't ask me why he beamed back up. We don't we don't know why. And Worf comes in. Right in the middle of That's Wesley a... in the in the holodeck. What are you doing on the holodeck? I thought you were still on Relva 7. Yeah. I'm finished testing for the day. Oh wow, okay. I've disturbed you. I'll leave. Wait. I thought I wanted to be alone. I guess I don't. How is the testing? Okay so far. It's not the ones that I've studied for that I'm worried about. It's the psych test. He reminds Facing me so much of Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory at this point. Trying to figure out what images to bring up. His mannerisms, yeah. his speech. Guess and I, I love this whole myself. thing. This 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 uh, episode also deals with fears of of being in command. And I think it's this is a great scene between Worf and Wesley because Worf is known as this warrior. Even though the first season he was a wuss the whole time. I mean, he got beat up so many times. He He's supposed to be this big, mean Klingon. But then again, the longer his hair grew, the more tough he got. I don't know. What, if there was a Samson clause there or something, I don't know. But uh, here's Wesley asking Worf, how can they know what I'm afraid of? And, you know, how do they, it's for the psych test. How are they going to figure that out? Accurate about everyone I tested with, including myself. Ooh, now Worf's remembering. I thought there was nothing that could frighten a Klingon warrior. Only fools have no fear. Good job, Worf. I'm sorry, Lieutenant. I'm asking too many personal questions. It is very difficult for me to depend on anyone for anything. Except for your makeup in the morning. Especially for my life. But on the Enterprise, you do that every day. Everyone depends on everyone else to protect them. Yes. So you overcame it? No. It is still my enemy. So now we find that fear is our enemy. Eliminate three more bulky machines from cargo space. That's excellent, number one. Okay, we're on the bridge again. There's an unauthorized entry in Main Shuttle Bay. Oh, this is an interesting little factoid. This is the first time on the Next Generation that we actually see a shuttlecraft. Mr. Curlin, this is Lieutenant Yar. Respond. Isn't that? We saw them on the the uh, original series. This is the first time in the, in the first season that we see a shuttlecraft, and Jake. Our buddy Jake that we've never seen before and we never see again, here he is. He's launching. He's launching a shuttlecraft, unauthorized now, mind you, out of the back of the Enterprise. The Dennis Yard open channel. Enterprise to shuttlecraft. Remix on the bridge, too. Captain Picard. Mr. Curlin, 
Captain, I'm going to Beltane 9 to sign on to a freighter. And tell my father I... I'm sorry. You can tell him yourself, in person. Bring that ship back at once. Now, no. at this point, why don't they just beam him off of the shuttlecraft? I'm leaving. Or beam the whole shuttlecraft onto the thing. I don't know. Now, this is why he didn't get into the exam, because he can't even pilot a, a shuttlecraft. He's already messed up the engines. By the way, cool little rope lights that they put around the leather chair in the shuttlecraft. Kind of cool. Burn up at an altitude of 200 kilometers. Probable impact. Atmospheric entry, 78 seconds. Very 80s. Not possible. He's too far away for positive lock. He's so, out of transporter range. <laughs> now, this is interesting. How can he be out of transporter range if they beamed Wesley to the surface? Did they go out of? I, I don't know. Uh, you would think that the shuttlecraft might be close enough for them to do that. Well, anyway, not now. They changed the rules. I can't get the engine started. What am I going to do? I'm going to crash. He needs another 50 seconds for the core to cool down before it can restart. Stay calm, Jake. We'll get you back. Picard Please. Picard seems very confident that he's going to be able to rescue Jake. Jake the Rebel. Now we go to a break. When we come back. Oh, no. The shuttle is hurling towards the planet. It's no use, Captain. I'm going to die out here. He'll need another 30 seconds before he can restart. Irrelevant, sir. Even if he restarts his engine now, he will not have enough thrust to escape impact. Ooh, data. Mr. Kerland, you are not going to die out there. You are going to do exactly what I tell you. Now, take the nose of the shuttlecraft and aim Now, this is really interesting because Picard now comes up with this idea how to save him. But nobody on the bridge, nobody is following him at all. They're like, what in the world is, is the captain doing? Including Remick, who's freaking out because some kid got a hold of a shuttlecraft. Aim the shuttle at Relva. And I love this part. We get to see a little bit of planet through the uh, shuttlecraft window. Now, monitor your speed exactly. When it hits point zero two zero, I want you to restart the engine. And when I tell you, pull up. Obviously, Picard has had a few stalls above planets because he knows how to... Well, we're going to find out what he does because Jordy explains to us because nobody can figure out what he's doing. But after it happens, Jordy, I think, explains to us all what he did. Zero, zero, nine. Or is it... I don't remember who does. We'll find out. seconds to impact. Hold on, Jake. It's going to be a little bumpy. Zero, one, five. Zero one nine. Restart Ooh, the engine so now. So tense. I love the music. Sound effects. Very cool little graphic here of the shuttle going into the atmosphere. We've got some smoke going by the window. And all of a sudden he comes back up and everybody, like, like Rocky, are cheering. How did he do it? I, I thought he built up enough speed and then bounced her off the atmosphere. Well, there you go. Thank you, Jordy, for explaining that to us. And everybody's got these smug little smiles. Even Remick is celebrating. This is why John Luke is the captain of the Enterprise. Very original captain. <laughs> but how did that child acquire access to a shuttlecraft? Yeah, what, what's up with that? Qualified Enterprise Academy candidate, fully trained in many areas, including shuttles. Except for piloting them. Discipline? Mr. Remick, 
young men sometimes make rash choices, which is why Mr. Curland will receive a strong refresher, specifically in discipline. And that's why we never see him again. Report. Full cooperation, number one. Number one just about smacked Remick in the face. He was so upset with him over that comment. Tension is building on the Enterprise. We're back down on Relva 7 again at the place. This is a great scene. This is one of my favorites. You, I have a package for operations. Where is it? This big, tall guy, buff guy, just bumps into Wesley. Mordok is walking with him. You Bagalian sludge rat! Yeah, Bagalian sludge rat. It was an honest mistake. I apologize. Is there a problem here, gentlemen? Ooh, Commander uh, Chang no, shows sir. up. I, or how Lieutenant. dare you? I am Rondon, you despicable melanoid slime. And when Rondon holds up his hand, he's got webbed fingers. You, you bumped into me. Go, Wesley, go. Mistake. You were at fault. Do you want this to become violent? So Wesley gets all in his face. Friend, I like you. Ah, so interesting little test. A very strange reaction. Not really. When he raised his hand, I saw that it was webbed, the sign of a Zaldan. But you became hostile. Zaldans are infuriated by courtesy. They view it as a form of phony social behavior designed to cover true feelings. Me too. Congratulations, Mr. Crusher. You handled that particular incident very well. Was this incident deliberate? It's important to know how you candidates deal with other cultures, other species. Then it was a test? Yes. Not all tests are announced or what they appear to be. Ooh, sneaky. That's sneaky of Starfleet Academy. Zaldans have webbed fingers. I wouldn't have passed. That's because Mordok has webbed face. He wouldn't have passed that soap, but Wesley knows his cultures. Yes, sir. Okay, here's that scene that I was talking about before that I really like, where um, they're in the um, observation lounge, and um, Remick begins to interview Data. And he turns around the little laptop, and he shows him some inconsistencies, or what he thinks are inconsistencies. All of the ship's records are available to you, sir. And, and the camera in this one, they just did a brilliant job on this scene. The camera rotates in a way where you think he's still interviewing Data, but all of a sudden, watch what happens. Oh, well, of course you can't watch unless you're watching the DVD at the same time. But here's what happens. nothing wrong with Captain Picard or the ship's logs. Therefore, there must be something wrong with your original assumption. That is not acceptable, Mr. Data. Acceptable or not, sir. Data turns the screen the back to Remick. Just Remick turns how it around did this again. Contaminant get aboard the ship. But instead of Data being there, by accident, Worf is there, and you're going, "What happened?" Meaning, Captain thinking, Picard has thinking no that was going to be Data there again. It's Worf, and they do this with a series of characters, and it's really cool. I just really like the way it flows. Sir. It was a great way to, to make the scene go smooth. Is it required? He said, sir. You don't like me very much, do you? And then Worf, of course, is it required? I didn't How know it was required, you sir. Characterize Again, they switch around. Your relationship. And now they have uh, Beverly being interviewed. Where Starfleet officers have known each other for many years. Everything said here is confidential, Doctor. You can be 
completely open with me. Remick and is is um, using all the techniques in the book About of interrogation. Serving with the man who is responsible for the death of your husband. Ooh, what a low blow. She's trying to get, he's trying to get Beverly to rat out Picard as if there's something really wrong. My personal feelings about Captain Picard are irrelevant to this investigation and none of your business. Like I say, I really they like... Confirm the accuracy of the law. I really like the way they did this scene because they have all these different... Uh, now they finally have Picard, all these different characters... You think yes. it's one whole scene, but really it's exactly. been several. It in the log now, this director that directed this episode, um, he directed only one of the Next Generation episodes, and then he went on and he directed some uh, Deep Space Nine episodes and Voyager, and he continued directing all the way up till 2005 uh, when Star Trek Enterprise was canceled. So they liked him. I like him. afraid if I keep looking, I'll find that you're guilty? I think that um, Sandy Fries, the guy sitting on the beach eating McDonald's, is he never wrote any other Star Trek, so I don't know what happened to him. Or maybe it's a her. I don't know. It doesn't say. Okay, well, anyway, Picard finally just walks out of the inquiry because he's tired of this, everybody being, you know, questioned. Now he's in the Admiral's quarters, and they're having a little talk about this whole investigation. I need a little more time, Jean-Luc. How much time? I won't tolerate my crew being harassed any longer. Remick's full report is almost ready. I want to be here when he presents it. That has always been my intention. Commander Remick, report to Admiral Quinn. On my way, sir. This has been a strain on our friendship. I Ward, know. Ward is played in several different... Believe uh, me, young Luke, I regret that. Several different um, TV programs. Necessary. General Hospital, Newhart. Little House on the Prairie. All sorts of different things he's been on. Okay, now they're taking the test again. And now it looks like an 80s video game. Kind of graphics like, remember the game on Star Trek where they had to get the little discs into the cones? Well, this one is just a series of little tubes that they're trying, get it. trying to get all these little yes, purple balls into. Don't fight it. Relax into it and let it come by itself. Wesley's trying to give no, advice it's to Mordock. They're all kind I of panicking. Yes, you can. You've got your rotation factor. Just put in your vector coordinates. Oh, of course. Put in your vector coordinates. That's what I was thinking. As a result of Wesley helping Mordock. All of a sudden, they all go into the little holes, and he got the first place in that test. Wesley gets second. Time elapsed. Looks like Eliana didn't get it again. Poor lady. Congratulations, Mordok. That was the second fastest time ever recorded on this test. I wonder who the first one was. You Probably Picard. Well. No, it should not have been that way. Good job. Mr. Crusher helped me. Oh. Yes, I know. An interesting choice, Mr. Crusher. Especially considering how close you and Mr. Mordock are in overall score. Ooh, he's put, put a little you fire on right now. You have an hour to prepare for your last test. Competition. The psych test, sir? The psych test, sir? to think of it as a psychological evaluation 
based on reactions to various individual problems. Well, but yeah. Sight test will do. Ooh, and Lieutenant Chang's getting a kick out of this. He's scaring the crap out of these guys. Wants them to be scared, scared. Okay, we're back on the Enterprise, and Remick is bringing his report to Admiral Quinn Sir, in front sit down, of Picard. Remick. Proceed with your report. Admiral, I've done my best to be thorough during this investigation. Yes, you have. Continue. I couldn't find what you asked for, sir. I spoke to officer after officer at length. I pried into the ship's logs, and yet I could find nothing wrong, except perhaps a casual familiarity among the bridge crew. But That's because they play poker. Mostly that comes together. from a sense of teamwork. Oh, from teamwork, I guess. And a feeling of family. Oh. I'm sorry, sir. I did my best. Quint. You're dismissed, Commander. Yes, sir. This is interesting now. He walks back towards the door, gets to the door, and it doesn't open. Captain Picard. I guess the door has mental powers. My tour in the Inspector General's office will be up in six months. When I'm finished... This is where I'd like to serve, sir. Say what? Picard doesn't even give him the time of day. He just looks at him with a glare and then looks down like, like, I'm going to bring you back on the ship, you nerd. No way, you're a jerk. Don't judge the young man too harshly. He's a good officer. It's not him I'm inclined to judge. Oh, come Don't on, Picard. Don't judge me too harshly either until I've finished. We had to be very sure of you. Some of us at Starfleet Command became suspicious of certain problems in the Federation. What kind of problems? Someone or something is trying to destroy the fabric of everything we've built up in the last 200 years. What's your evidence? I can't go into that. There are too many people involved. What do you want from me? I don't know whether the threat comes from the inside or whether it's from outside. So Quinn is suspecting there's conspiracy in the Federation. The Federation. You have my complete support. You know that. That's not enough. I want to promote you to Admiral, and I want you to take over as Commandant of Starfleet Academy. Can you imagine that? Picard, who they've spent most of the first season trying to say that he doesn't like kids, would be in in charge of Starfleet Command. I mean, in Starfleet Academy. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. The Academy. (laughs) I need you close. There was never a problem with the Enterprise. No. But I had to be sure you hadn't been co-opted. Sneaky Admiral. Gosh, that wasn't very nice to do to your friend. This is politics and... uh... Uh, Now we get down to the the bottom of it. Politics screws up so many things. Surely there are others who are... People that play the game for the power instead of trying to help people. It's a bummer. I hope I am. You're still the best man for the job. I appreciate the value of what you're offering. It's not a decision I can make quickly. I need an answer soon. All right. So, Picard now has to decide. Does he go and be the commandant of Starfleet Academy, or does he continue to be the captain of the Starship Enterprise? I think we know where this is going. But you might as well pose the question. Let's go back to Torelva 7, shall we? Are we going to go? Yeah, there we go. 
Oh, out comes Mr. Lieutenant Chang. They go over to room 101. Maybe a reference to George Orwell's 1984, Warnock. where room 101 was used uh, to psychologically break right? the subjects by torturing I them with their greatest fears. Could be a reference to that. We're not sure. But anyway, Mordock comes out of the room and he's Crusher. shaking. You're next. Crusher, is, or Crusher. Wesley is scared to death, man. And he walks into a room with a carpet on the ground and a funky looking chair. And the, the walls are bare and nothing else. Chang wishes him luck. And now the, the music tenses and you think, what's going to happen to Wesley? Will a giant hand come out and slap him? Will Worf show up in a dress? That might scare him. Do these things scare you? I'm here. Kind of. Wesley. So funny in the first season. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm here. I'm ready. Okay. Now, this, is, this was a great, great way to do the psych test for Wesley. I was very impressed with this scene. Breathe. <laughs> Gotta remember to breathe. Breathe. Oh my gosh, an explosion, and the, sh- and the room shakes. He goes out of the room. He looks around. There's no, all of a sudden, nobody's there. What was a busy hallway has no one. Oh no, another explosion. And now he hears screams coming out of, of a hallway. And he runs, 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 runs. 65 seconds to seal off. Hey, somebody help! There's something wrong in the environmental lab! Like, who's going to hear you, Wesley? There's nobody there. But he's going to get in there and find out what's going on. Oh, no! The environmental lab is exploding, and there's coolant leaking, or, yeah, leaking coolant stuff all over the place. And there's a guy that's pinned underneath a, a uh, big pipe there's also another guy that's um, like a, a, a wimpy guy afraid of everything he doesn't want to walk through it so Wesley's trying to get this big huge heavy pipe off of this guy's legs Wow, he's strong. Wesley's strong for a little guy. Now he's dragging this older guy out of the uh, out of the chamber through the coolant leak, and he's trying to talk this other guy out of the corner because there's nothing wrong with him. He's just holding on to this pipe. Wesley's trying to figure out what he's how he can save both guys at once, and he can't. So he ends up just taking the guy that he's that he's pulling out the door. He realizes the other guy's going to die now. Okay, and they get out into the hall. <sighs> Officer Chang, Wesley, it's all right. Chang is waiting for him in the hallway. And then all of a sudden, the guy that he was carrying out that couldn't walk gets up, shakes Thanks. his hand, and says, "Thanks." And walks off. He was an, an actor. excellent performance, Mr. Crusher. Out comes Wimpy Guy. Gives him a little nod like, I know, I'm a jerk. Performance? That was the test. Yes. A man could have died. Theoretically, yes. You had to make a choice, and you did. There's no right or wrong about it. Your greatest fear has been that you couldn't make that decision. 
Oh, these guys at Starfleet because Academy are really because awesome. Because someone made that choice. And my father died. Oh, Captain Picard made that choice, Wesley. And your dad died. And so, see, this this was a really cool scene. All right, now they're going to wrap things up. Um, Picard's in his ready room, and he's got to decide what he's going to do about um, going back to Starfleet Sir. Academy and being the commandant. Yes, number one. Mr. Remick has left the ship. Yes. Remick has left the building. He they're, found nothing wrong. They're, they're very, very happy that Remick is gone. And you can inform the crew that Admiral Quinn is most impressed. Thank you. They'll be pleased to hear that. Can you explain now what he was after? They were after me, number one. They want me to take over as Commandant Starfleet Academy. Ooh. Congratulations. What a wonderful choice, sir. You'll <laughs> be able to shape the minds of the future leaders of Starfleet. That's right. Don't you always feel like Riker kind of sucks up to Picard? Have you, you noticed that? decided what you're going to do. Yes, I have, number one. I've decided I'm going for a walk. Oh, cute. Now, don't you think Riker looks nice without a beard with his little dimple in his chin? Okay, we're back on the I'm surface proud again. I'm all of you. You've done a superb job. Now we're going to find out Each how did Wesley do? Would make a fine Starfleet How did the flash dance lady do? Lizard man and Vulcan lady? will attend the Academy this year. Here we go. And are lost to the Federation if the rest of you do not return to test again. And the winner is... Mr. Mordor will be Idol. the candidate. His results were slightly higher than Mr. Crush's. America Congratulations, voted. Mr. Mordor. You're the first Benzite in Starfleet. Wow. Thank you, sir. But it's not right. It shouldn't be me. Wesley lost points because he helped me. He should not be punished for his generosity. He wasn't. He lost time, but it wasn't only that. Candidates, thank you. Wesley thank looks you. pretty disappointed. All of them look disappointed. And you couldn't really tell if Mordok looks happy or not, because he's Mordok, and he's breathing that fun stuff. I am sorry, Wesley. It's okay. You deserve to win. Besides, you would have done the same for me. Yes. I believe I would. Well, that's nice, Mordok. So the Vulcan congratulates him. Flash dance lady. Well, personally, I hate losing. So you'd better be ready next year, Wesley. That's right, I Wesley. Easy to beat. She shakes Mordok's hands. She didn't shake uh, Wesley's hand. Thought she might give him a kiss or something. Too early, I guess. He had to wait for Robin Leffler. Oh, now we're back on the Enterprise, and Picard almost runs into Jake, the the shuttlecraft stealer boy. Yes, sir. Are you wrong? Picard's wearing one of his dress uniforms, a pair of slacks, and a dress. Yes, sir. Always thought those were kind of goofy looking. I I don't know why. Damaged the shuttle, Captain. But Mr. Riker said I can work on fixing it as part of my discipline training. Good idea. I hope you've learned that running away solves nothing. Yes, sir. And I, I am sorry I messed up. But at least you kept your wits about you out there. Don't forget that. So Picard kind of encourages yes, Jake to keep plugging along. Okay. You'll be okay, man. Thank you for... for it's kind of nice of him. For saving my life. That's my job, young man. That's my job, young man. Yes, sir. Make it so. 
Picard just rocks. Doesn't he rock? He rocks in the first season all the way till the end. He just rocks. Picard, you're my hero. There he goes in his dress. See ya. Bye. Oh, and there's Wesley staring off into the stars in the conference room. Mr. Crusher, mount in your dress uniform for Admiral Quinn's farewell dinner. I didn't think that would be appropriate, sir. Oh. Why not? I failed, Captain. I didn't get into the Academy. I failed you, and I failed the Enterprise. I, you know, Ridiculous. I, this is what I love about Star Trek. Every one of us has experienced this, where we've gone up against something we Did you do we best? maybe didn't get first place or whatever, yes. and then we feel like uh, just a bunch of crud. And, and what year. the cool part was we'll here is they emphasized, and I thought the writers did a great job, they emphasized yes. that trying your best is really the best you can do. And, uh, of course, keep going for it. You'll get it next time. And Picard is really encouraging to Wesley, the father figure not here. Disappointed. And now he shares a little... Wesley? I've got a secret. You have to measure your successes and your failures within. Not by anything that I or anyone else might think. Boy, should learn that but, when you're young. Um, if it helps you to know this... I failed the first time, and you may not tell anyone. I thought that was fascinating. Picard failed the yes. first entrance exam? The second time. He got in the second now, time. You uh, do me the courtesy of joining us at dinner. I have to disappoint an old friend. So apparently we know what he's going to tell. Well, of course we know. The series couldn't have gone on. He, of course, is going to tell Quinn that he, he Which won't. I could convince you to change your mind. Quinn's getting ready to get on the transporter pad and leave for the Enterprise now. This is where you belong. They actually had a scene that got cut for, from this show, and I wish I could have seen it, um, where they had a, um, a party for Wesley in his 16th birthday, and uh, they just had to cut it for time's sake. The, the, I think the, the Academy students or the people that were in the entrance exam threw a little party for him. There goes Quinn, but we will see him again in a few episodes when we get into the episode Conspiracy. Picard comes back onto the bridge. Everybody's there. Course plotted and laid in, sir. Then shall we continue with our mission? Yes, sir. Excellent. Of course, Wesley will uh, do his entrance exams again on Samaritan Snare, which is in the in the next year, in season two. And there you go. That's the episode of Coming of Age. I really, really enjoy this one. I I like watching it. It's not the most action packed one, but I I don't know. There's something about when they do like a conspiracy theory and there's like a, a mystery involved and you really wonder what's going on here and you know what's happening and then I really was fascinated by the fact that they took you off the Enterprise and I like that I mean it's really fun to do ship in a bottle type of things where you're you're always on the Enterprise but I love seeing other places and I really like them going to Relva 7, 9 something like that anyway I really like it when they go down on the planet and they're at the, the uh, testing facility I like seeing the other 
you know, the different aliens that they have there, the cool cast members that they had going back and forth and everything. And it just was a really, it was a really neat um, episode in that way. And then it's, it's always fun. It's just always fun to watch something like that because you want, you're so excited. You want to see what, what uh, Starfleet Academy would be like. And they just did a great job at bringing everything together. I really enjoyed this episode. Again, I just want to say, you know, for those of you that don't really like the first season much, um, I just go go back and take a look at some of the episodes. Some of these are the the best episodes ever. I mean, the one where uh, Riker falls in love with the holodeck character with the with the little um, binary people. That's a great episode with lots of really cool science fiction elements. I think they did a lot heavier science fiction stories in the first season than they did in the rest. Even though, you know, there's stuff there. It became more of a space opera as time went on. Not that that's bad. It, it made for compelling television. And, of course, it got better. The actors got much better as time went on. And the camaraderie and the, and the way that they did the story arcs and everything, that really made the show. But I'm just saying, the first season gets overlooked a lot because I think people think it's too campy or too cheesy. And again, I just think it was really fun because you had so many different things. The neutral zone, what a great episode where they find the frozen people on the uh you know in suspended animation. Well, of course they were dead, but anyway, they revive them and I just like that. I liked the conspiracy one with the meat puppet guy. I thought that was a cool episode, kind of eerie. My wife hates that one. Anyway, it's just really interesting. I think um, I think the first season deserves another look. There's a few clunkers, I might say. I mean, there's a few, but I really like most of the first season, just with the exception of a couple of them. Like I, I didn't really like um, the one where uh, they're down on the planet and Tasha has to battle the wife of the of the chief of the planet or what. I thought that was stupid, but but most of the first season I really really enjoyed, and I I still watch them. I really like it when when they're on TV and. I've got a hard drive full of them, and I've got uh, the the first season DVDs of TNG. So there you go. That's my take on Coming of Age. Now, this kind of feels like a, a flip-flop for me because usually I send a comment in to Rico, and Rico will say, well, it just wouldn't be the same without a comment from the Moyers. And then he'll play our, my comment or one of our songs or something like that. And in this case, um, you know, I'm excited to be able to tell you here it is. This is a comment from Rico. Yeah, I get to play Rico's comment. So let's listen to that, and I'll be back to end the show. Hello, Rick. This is Rico, and uh, this is a little odd, sending in a audio submission clip for Treks and Sci-Fi since you're guest hosting this weekend. Well, I thought I would do that. Uh, I haven't had a chance always to do that in the past for other guest hosts. Uh, but I have a little, and I thought I would do it for you. First, I just want to say uh, thanks so much for taking over the chore of doing the podcast this weekend. Uh, I really appreciate it. It gives me a little more freedom. Uh, I, I'm traveling back to Michigan for the weekend, so again, appreciate that. Coming of Age from TNG. I was a little surprised that this was uh, the one you picked, and it's a big favorite of yours. Not that it's a bad episode or anything. It's a, it's a fun episode, a good episode. I think one of the better ones from Season 1 of The Next Generation. I, I like the whole thing with Wesley. I think he... You know, they, I think they flesh out his character a little bit better in this episode, too. And I like the uh, characters, the other ones that are doing the entrance exam stuff. Uh, Mordok, I think is his name, the guy with the little breathing thing or whatever it is, uh, the blue head and all that. He's an interesting character. I like that. And, and the fact that they're sort of investigating Picard in this episode. You know, they have that dual story thing going on. So it's a very uh, interesting episode. I like the idea that uh, Wesley is working his way towards Starfleet and, and that. 
and they start out here even in the first season with that whole uh, situation and and I think he's not so uh, you know completely boy genius in this episode too so I do enjoy that uh, but again thanks so much uh, for doing a podcast for me this weekend Rick and also happy uh, Easter to everyone who celebrates that uh, who might be listening to Treks in Sci-Fi this is uh, Rico signing off uh, and back to you Mr. Moyer Thank you very much, Rico. You're so cool. I'm, I'm serious when I say you've inspired me to do my own podcast, and I know you really are kind of like the granddaddy of a bunch of podcasts that kind of branched out after listening to you. We we all thought, well, we have something to say too, you know, and it's been really cool. You've been so supportive of us, and I just want to say thank you for that, and thanks for your comments. I, Yeah, I'm one of those guys that really likes the first season, and I don't know. I haven't met very many of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I like all things Trek. I I don't think there's any Trek uh, series that I didn't enjoy. Um, really, really, I do. I do. I like all Star Trek. It's a lot of fun, and it just kind of is cool to have a community of people on your forum at Treks and Sci-Fi to be able to talk with that uh, share that same love for Star Trek that I do, and I, I just really enjoy that. So thanks, Rico, for everything. I'm going to go out uh, with uh, one of the most favorite parody songs that everybody requests from me all the time. Love this one. And, of course, um, my all-time favorite series is TNG. I just really, really enjoy it. So I'm going to play uh, the TNG song uh, to ACDC's TNT, and uh, then there'll be a little quick closer and we'll be done. So thanks, everybody, for uh, joining me for the episode Coming of Age on Treks and Sci-Fi. I'll be back sometime in the future. And uh, in the meantime, head on over and uh, check out some of my music at uh, christrocks.com slash parody, or you can always listen to our podcast every week. It's really fun. It's at takehimwithyou.com. And we would love it if you'd come take a listen to it. So uh, thanks, everybody. And here's TNG. Captain's Log, Stardate 41153.7. Our destination is planet Deneb 4, beyond which lies the great unexplored mass of the galaxy. USS Enterprise. Hey! Get off hey! my bridge! Hey! 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 Red alert! Hey! All crew to battle stations! Chief and a 
pass around Cause we're TNG on Saturday night TNG, we're out of sight TNG, brand new enterprise TNG, what a big surprise seconds. You've been listening to the weekly podcast Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. For more information, visit treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums at treksinsci-fi.com slash forum. Dr. Beverly Crusher, I would appreciate an explanation. Yes, you should. Do you have a comment, a suggestion, or a question? Email Rico today at treksf at gmail.com. That's treksf at gmail.com. Now, what do you think that tells me about your character? Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly podcast with geeky goodness and entertainment news. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. Yes, you should. Goodbye.